New Beginning. We appreciate every woman that is in this house and is watching us from home. Would you give our women a hand clap, a clap of applause, a round of applause. Thank you so much for standing with us in the house of God and serving God with us. And this morning, ladies and gentlemen, I'm just in the house. I'm so happy. I can't see a smile inside the mask. <laughs> Glory be to God. Are you okay? Amen. Week in and week out, we're here. We've been graced by God's grace to be here and to, to survive the epidemic, to be strong. I appreciate all of you that break the cold. You've been through all the cold now. It's getting warmer. Amen. But also you break the epidemic. You come to church consistently. The Simomos take the record. They've been with me from the first Sunday. They are here every Sunday. I appreciate you guys. I pray the Lord protect you. Ask for protection over your life and your family. And the rest of you who are always here, I appreciate all of you. Amen. Thank you so much for coming to church. Amen. Amen. Give yourselves a hand. God has been good. God has been gracious. Like I've said before, you can catch the virus anyway. As long as you're mobile, or there's someone mobile around you, yeah. you are not proof. You are not safe. Yeah. You, you can't say, I don't go to church so that I'm safer. As long as there's someone in your home who goes out, in and out, you are also not safe. Amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. So we break and we come to the house of God, but nevertheless, we, we take all the precautions, and we make sure we are safe. We are grateful to God's grace. I'm really grateful for, for Him being faithful and, and keeping us safe in these conditions that we find ourselves. Today's topic, it's literally a continuation of last week, but I, I've coined this, this, this topic, the lonely road of COVID-19. The lonely road. The lonely road of COVID-19. I pray you hear this message today. I like preaching behind the class, Bishop. <laughs> <laughs> has come to divide us and leave us powerless. The epidemic is using what I call the divide and rule strategy, which the apartheid government used to use. Divide and rule. Someone said divide and rule. The epidemic survives on isolation as a strategy, even though we use isolation as a strategy to survive. The epidemic. The epidemic also survives on our isolation. We say isolate so that you survive better. But also in isolation, the epidemic finds more strength in dealing with your loop. We isolate so that we don't affect others. But it is in that process of isolation that this virus capitalizes on our weaknesses. It is therefore no longer about the strength of the collective, but it is about the strength of the individual. My courage, my faith, my resolve, my immune system, my knowledge of the word of God is what will make me stand in the end. No more about the collective. It is a lonely road that most people have to go through. As a matter of fact, you talk about social distancing. We used to sit together as brethren. But right now, you can look around in the building, somebody sitting far away because they don't trust you. 
You know, a few weeks ago when I used to preach to us this direction, you'd see the saints pulling up their masks. They don't trust you. And, and that's correct. You know, because this thing is invisible. Tell, tell the person next to you, I don't trust you. I don't know where you've been last night. I don't know how you've been doing what you've been doing, whatever you were doing. I don't know how you do it when you're in your home. I don't know how you do it when you're in your workplace. I don't know what you do when you're in a taxi. Therefore, I don't trust you. I'd rather treat you like a possible and potential career. And that's how we survive. We, like HIV AIDS, you treat every stranger as someone who could possibly have. Like this particular disease, you treat every individual as a possible career of the disease. Everyone is now a suspect even those that you trust the most. We therefore have to be behind glasses, behind cameras, behind our houses in order to be saved. I've been studying throughout the week, trying to prepare for this teaching, hearing the stories of many survivors of this disease. Most of the survivors tell of their lonely journeys. How lonely it's been. How they've been dropped at the hospital by their loved ones, and they're they're left alone to fend for themselves. Literally drop and say, they say, get out of here. Like you drop the person and you are told to leave immediately. You, you are, and the person is left on their own. And this is stories that I've read on the internet, stories I've seen on television, but also stories of members of this church that they recently went through. Where you are dropped by your spouse, you are dropped by your brother, you are dropped by your son, and they leave you alone. And whoever dropped you is not allowed to hang around. Immediately you are left alone. Somebody say alone. That's what I'm teaching about today. What do you do when you are alone? How do you survive on your own? When those that you relied on are not anywhere close to you. They drop you in the hospital, they leave you alone, you have no one to talk to you, and you have no one to stand up with you. You cannot even invite your pastor to come and pray for you. And pastors, of course, are using that as a nice excuse. <laughs> as a matter of fact, I'm not allowed to come next. So can I pray for you and for you me to come? Amen. <laughs> I'm sorry, pastors, just, just being on a lighter note. I am told of couples that have died without having to hear the last word of their partner. I'm told of, of parents that have died without having to say the last word to their children. I'm told of grandparents who would pass away without being surrounded by their children. They, they pass away in loneliness. They pass away in darkness. They pass away all by themselves. You can't, I'm hearing of, of partners and spouses that have to die days apart, but they have to be in hospitals apart. They have to be in different places apart. You don't even know where your wife is. You're somewhere in another hospital. You can't even write her a message of encouragement. It's a disease of loneliness. You can't even see your pastor, you can't see your children. It's a lonely road. And in that lonely road, you are sometimes surrounded by bad pictures and bad voices. Yeah. 
Mm. Voices of death all around you. Yeah. I'm told by the men that I've been speaking about, a member of this church who recently went to a hospital, who says to me that men that he went in with, he was right in front of him as he comes in to be checked. The man that was being checked in front of him was checked out in a coffin, mm. passed away. And this kind of pictures is what surrounds you when you find yourself in that lonely place. Yeah. People that give up, people that pass on, people that lose hope. And surround, sometimes you find yourself surrounded by nurses who don't know the word of God. And I can't blame the nurses because they just don't have content. Mm. The Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Mm. Yeah. They see a lot of people dying and they're even tired of being at work. Yeah. And all they can speak is death. Yeah. All they can speak is hopelessness. That's all they to who gonna make it. We also don't know. Mm. You might also not make it. Mm. They even tell you of someone who just passed away next to you. Yeah. And all of these voices and all of these messages keep piling up, and in the process you can't even hear the word of God. That's why I even said last time, if I had the way, if I had billions, if I had money, I would be that billionaire that finances one television channel in every hospital. That channel always speaks hope. That channel always speaks life. That channel always speaks healing and strength. Because a lot of people are not dying of diseases. They're dying because they're not hearing the correct voices. They're dying out of what they hear, not what they are carrying. Yeah. They die because they don't have hope. Mm. Fear, anxiety, loneliness is what is killing a lot of people and not the disease. Yeah. As a church, we are stronger when we are together. Mm. As a church, we thrive on gathering and in unity. Mm. There is no other way, by the way. As a church, we were born in gatherings. We yeah. were raised in gatherings, yeah. we grew in gatherings, yeah. we became stronger in gatherings. Amen. We know no other way. Yeah. I was born in a gathering. Mm -hmm. You were born in a gathering. You were raised in gatherings. You became stronger in gatherings. Yeah. It's gatherings that have made you the person that you are today. Yeah. You did not grow on your own. It is how Jesus has designed, how many has devised the church. It's how he has put it together. We were meant to thrive not only on our own, but yeah. through the gathering of brethren. Mm -hmm. He says in his word, Matthew 18, 20, where two or three are gathered in my name, they are mine in the midst of yeah. Where two or three are gathered. Not what, where two or three are gathered. They are mine in the midst of them. He says in Hebrews 10, 25, let us not give up the gathering together of ours as is the habit of others. Let us not give up the coming together of the saints. The word of God encourages us to go. Yeah. The Bible says in Acts chapter 2, 42, and they continued in the apostles' doctrine, and they continued together in fellowships, breaking bread together daily in houses. They were one in fellowship, and that's how God began to add unto them by with those who were being saved as they were gathering. People were being added to the church. Amen. The church was designed, designed to be together. Amen. And not what we see today. I don't care what we say. Scripture says how beautiful it is, how beautiful, how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Amen. And COVID-19 comes in and says, Isolation. 
Some, some, some. <laughs> did you know sometimes, did you know that sometimes when you come to church, you get charged because others were charged? Yeah. Yeah. You came down when you come out, you are stronger because you so strong than others. Sometimes, you don't hear the word until you hear Pastor Kwena saying amen, amen. amen. More amens than you're saying. And because he's saying more amens, you become interested in that which makes him to say amen. amen. And you also start to say amen, even though you don't even understand what he's saying, amen. amen. But because you hear someone else who is stronger, you also become strong. Amen. I'm told of a wreck, and I've shared this story before. A wreck that was put in an experiment, swimming alone for about an hour. And before the hour was finished, the wreck gave up. The wreck did not have strength, and it lost strength. And the wreck decided to give up, and the wreck drowned. Mm -hmm. And they put the second wreck, which is of the same age, the same make, the same species, let the wreck swim. But just before he began to lose his strength, they put another wreck. And they notice that this second wreck is not giving up. It's actually gaining more strength when he sees that there is a fresher wreck next to it that is swimming stronger and swimming more powerfully. And the second wreck did not give up. The first wreck died because of isolation. There was no better example for him. There was nothing that stimulated his energy. And therefore, in isolation, he would give up easily. But because they brought another wreck that is more stronger than him, he continued to swim even more. He found strength that all of a sudden he didn't know that was, he had the strength. He didn't know that he is actually strong. When someone else stronger shows up, our strength is exposed. You are stronger when you are with others that are strong. Sometimes you hear the word of God because others are hearing it. Sometimes you say amen because others are saying amen. And until you catch up what the amen is about. Yeah. When you come to church, it's an opportunity for God to silence other voices. Mm -hmm. Voices of discouragement and voices of giving up. When you see others gathering, therefore you also gather some strength that you did not have. But COVID-19 has decided to take all of that away. We are saying amen in our homes. Sometimes as a pastor, did you know, by the way, did you know as I preach right now, I preach better when I see you than when I don't see you. Don't you think we are feeling good behind those cameras? <laughs> Listen to me, it is not nice to preach to a camera. Yeah. And who know we want that? Yeah. It's torture. Yeah. I hope you're saying amen in your home. By that time, someone is busy cooking. <laughs> I hope you're hearing me. <laughs> we are encouraged when we hear you say amen. amen. We are encouraged by by seeing you respond. It, yeah. This thing is personal. This yeah. thing was never meant to be impersonal. Yeah. The whole thing was tied up to be personal. Yeah. The whole thing was tied up that we are one. We, we are unity. We are one body. Yeah. It was never tied up the other way around. The buffalo has its strength within the herd of other buffaloes. And I pray that I don't lose my time because I really need to teach. Yeah. Still laying the foundation, but this is the last part of my foundation. The buffalo finds its strength within the herd. And the lion knows that. The lion will not dare a herd of buffaloes. Yeah. Yeah. Did you know that even lions have got fear? <laughs> lions have the ability to hide their fears, but they are also fearful creatures. Yeah. And therefore they use a strategy. They target the one. 
They chase the one. They separate the one. They isolate yeah. the one until they overpower the one and then they devour the one. Yeah. But it started by targeting the one. They can never attack a herd of buffaloes. They can never attack a group of elephants and a group of giraffes. They are always afraid of a group. They want you in isolation. And this is a strategy of the enemy. No wonder Peter calls him, he is roaring like a lion. Yeah. He is not a lion, but he has copied certain strategies of the lion. Mm -hmm. And he's able to do exactly like the lion would do and find you in isolation and finish you when you're all by yourself. Yeah. Many saints are not as strong as they used to be when we were gathering. Many saints are not faithful to the Lord as they used to be when we were gathering. Mm -hmm. Many saints are not reading scripture like they used to read scripture when we used to gather. Yeah. And the enemy is looking for those who are weak and he pounces on those. Yeah. And may God protect you in Jesus' name. Amen. Therefore, your fight back will depend on your strength as an individual and not as a group. Your fight back. In other words, even though that the lion can isolate that singular buffalo, if the buffalo is strong enough, he can survive. Yeah. If the buffalo knows how to fight, he can fight his way out. He can beat the lion, even in isolation. It depends on the strength of the individual buffalo. Tell your neighbor, I am stronger in Jesus' name. Tell your neighbor what's looking at me, amen. <laughs> Therefore, it calls for your individual strength and your mental fortitude. And that's my message today. Yeah. That there are crosses in this life that you will have to carry alone. Yeah. Mm. When there will be no one around and you have to face it all by yourself. Yeah. Be ready to fight. Be ready to fight. Mm -hmm. I'm here to train you. Be ready to fight alone. Yeah. Be ready to fight alone. Yeah. Jesus Christ in his ministry, he teaches us a lot of things. And he teaches us how to walk this life alone and to finish your race alone. Mm. And he lived a lonely life, one man of God was saying the other day. Jesus Christ demonstrates four circles of influence and four circles of contacts and connection. Firstly is the crowd. Somebody say the crowd. The crowd. And number two is the team. Somebody say the team. The team. The team. And number three is the call. Somebody say the call. The call. And number four is myself. Mm. Jesus lived and demonstrated his ministry within these four mm -hmm. areas of influence. Firstly, the crowd. He would interact with the crowds. He would teach the crowds. He would feed the crowds. He would let the crowds go. He would heal the crowds. But then he would withdraw sometimes and be with the team. Somebody say the team. The team. He would have the Lord supper, for example, with the team. And he would tell the team that amongst the team, one of you will betray me. He lived with the team. He did a lot of things with the team. He would show up on the water in front of the team. Sometimes the team would be scared. But he had a team around him. He would withdraw from the crowds and be with the team. But sometimes he would take what I call the call out of the team. The three that he would go with and he would go with the three to the mountain and where he would be transfigured and only the three would witness the transfiguration and not the rest of the team. Amen. Only the three would see the deeper part of Christ when he was glorified
sacrificed on the mountain, when God would speak about him on the mountain, only the three would see that the call. Somebody say the call. The call. But sometimes the Bible says he would draw, he would withdraw all by himself and would pray all night by himself. Somebody say myself. Myself. So what COVID-19 has done, he has removed us from the crowds. He even took us out of the teams. He's even taking us away from the call. He's now facing us all by ourselves. Mm -hmm. We are facing it all by ourselves. And if we are not strong here, we may not be able to go back and report back to the crowds. Yeah. Who? Somebody say, I'm strong, Alu. If your strength is always in the crowds, you will not make it when you are alone. If your strength is always in your team and you don't have strength when you are all by yourself, you will not make it when you are alone. Because there are certain crosses that you will have to carry all by yourself. When Jesus was being beaten apart, none of the team members were there. None. I'm saying none. No one, not even the call was there. The call is even worse. He was all by himself with strangers. He had to face death by himself with strangers, no core team members. Strangers. And I want you to study this passage as I conclude my teaching. I have like 19 minutes. Matthew 26, 36 to 41. Matthew 26, verse 36. Matthew 26, verse 36 to 41. I trust that you're following. I said this message, if it's not a revision of just what, what you went through, it's a preparation of what you might go through. Mm -hmm. It may not be COVID-19 related, but somehow there is a place in this life that you want to come to. Yeah. Somebody say there's a place. There is a place. The Bible says, and then Jesus came with them to a place. I can have a sermon right there. Mm -hmm. There is a place for every one of us. There is a place that me and you will come to. It's a season, it's a place, and the place is called Gethsemane. Somebody say, say Gethsemane. Yes. The word Gethsemane means oil press, oil press, oil press. There is a place where the oil in you will be pressed on, and it depends how much oil you're carrying, but there is a place where the oil in you shall have to be squeezed out. Yeah. There is a place. It might be during this COVID-19, it might be after this COVID-19, but somehow in this life you will have a place. You will have a season of pressing. Jesus came to a place. I love this. He came to a place. We will all come to the place. We will all bump into the place. The place will not come to us. We will go to the place. We will find ourselves in the place. We will come across the place. And are you ready for the place? Are you prepared for the place? Now listen to this. He says, watch, watch my demo again. He says to the team, he has left the crowds. He's now with the team. And he says to the team of disciples, sit here whilst I go and pray over them. He says, what I'm about to go through, you don't qualify. I have to go further. And I have to leave you here. And I have to go over there to pray. At least, unlike the crowds, the team is privileged to know that the master is about to go pray. Yeah. Unlike the crowds, the team is privileged to see the master in the place. 
Unlike the crowds, the team is privileged to hear the voice of the master of what he's about to do. He says to them, stay here. I'm about to go out there to pray. I will find you here. It reminds me of Abraham. Abraham went through the same. The Bible says he left the wife. In this case, I'm paraphrasing it. He left the wife. He took the son and he took two servants. And he went for three days. And after three days, or a journey of three days, the Bible says, he says to the two servants, wait here as I go out to worship. In other words, what I'm about to go to do, you don't qualify to witness. Yeah. Yeah. You, you don't have the guts to withstand the sight of what is about to come through. Yeah. Yeah. So therefore, I will leave you here and I'll go yonder and I'll come back. Abraham said that to his servants. Yeah. And, and he takes his son. It's, it's, it's a parallel story. So, so Jesus says, Stay here, I'm going to pray over there. Now listen to this. He took with him, he took with him the call. He left the team. He took the call. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, who were always part of the call, who were the same guys who were with him on the mountain of transfiguration. He took the two and the three and he goes with them better. He leaves the team. Now, guys, I want you to hear this, please. If you didn't hear everything I said this morning, I want you to hear this part. He began to be sorrowful. Ah. As far as the team is concerned, he's a strong man. As far as the team is concerned, he's injured. Everything is okay. But once he's with the call, he begins to be vulnerable. He begins to show his weaknesses. And he begins to be sorrowful. He could not be in front of everyone. And the question this morning, do you have a call? Because some of us, we are vulnerable in front of everyone. We share everything with the crowds. We tell the crowds I'm going through a storm. You tell the crowds that things are tough in my life. You are telling the crowds that your husband is not treating you well. Do you have a call? Where well, you can be vulnerable to. The Bible says he began to be distressful. He began to be sorrowful. And he began to say unto them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even unto death. Things that he could not share with the team. Even though the team was privileged to be with him in the place. But this part he could not share with the team. He could only share with the call. And begins to say to the call, I'm extremely, exceedingly sorrowful, even unto death. But he says some few more words. He says the same words he said to the team. He says, stay here. In other words, even you don't qualify to go there. But you are privileged to see my sorrow at least. You are privileged to be brought into my space of vulnerability. But you are not privileged to hear the kind of praise I'm about to make. All I can say to you, I want your voice, I want you to stay here, but Oh, Jesus, I love this revelation. He says to them, unlike the team, with you, I want you to watch with me. I want you to pray with me. The team, up to the team, he didn't say pray with me. To the team, he says, I'm going to pray. In other words, the team does not even need to pray with him. But when it comes to the call, I need the call to pray with me. I need the call to carry me. He says, pray with me. There's a difference between pray for me and pray with me. 
And most of us are relying on pray for me. When we should say pray with me. In other words, I am busy praying, but I hope you're also praying with me. Just in case you don't pray, I am praying at least. That's why I said pray with me. Watch with me, he says unto them. Pray with me. And then he goes a little further. He went a little further. I love this scripture. He went a little further. There are places where even our call cannot go with us. Yeah. Now, prayers where even our call cannot hear. Yeah. There are certain prayers that only us can pray before God. At least the call knows what we're praying about. But the call cannot experience the depth of the prayer. The call cannot experience the fact that I'm about to give up. The call cannot experience the fact that I've lost every strength that I have. I'm not even willing to go forward. The call cannot get that part. Yeah. Only the Father will get to see that. Yeah. Only the Father will get to hear that. And therefore, I will go further. Oh, I love this. You can say parallel with Abraham. Abraham leaves the two servants and he says, stay here until I return. And he goes further. But at some stage, Abraham left the son. He became a sacrifice and the son became a sacrifice. He left the son. He ceased to be a father. I, I wish you had spiritual ears to hear what I just dropped. That at some stage, Abraham left his own son. Yeah. Yeah. He became a stranger to his own son. Yeah. And said, I'm now the sacrifice of. You are now the sacrifice. I'm no longer your father. And that part is between me and God. I can't bring you in. That's why there is no part when Abraham begins to explain to Isaac why is Isaac put on the altar. There is no part because Abraham had left his own son and became a stranger to his son. Jesus leaves the call and he begins to pray seven prayers that the call cannot hear. Father, if it be thy will, may this cup pass me by. Oh, yeah. Nevertheless, not my will, but that will be done. The core cannot hear that. Yeah. The core is not privileged to that. Yeah. It's my vulnerability between me and the Father. Yeah. And I'm about to give up. But I need the strength of the Father to strengthen me. Yeah. But look at this. The Bible says, and he came to the disciples. He returns to the disciples and he finds them sleeping. He finds them sleeping. Oh. The core, the core is sleeping. The core that you rely on is not with you. And this is the message this morning. Yeah. That stop telling to people, pray for me. Say to them, pray with me. In other words, I am the one who is praying. Yeah. Unless you pray, nobody is praying. That's the message today. Unless you pray, nobody else is praying. Don't you ever be deceived and hear us, brother, we are with you. The Lord is with you, brother. Listen to me. Unless you pray, no one is praying. You are the one who should pray. You are the one who should make that ultimate call. If all you're counting on is your call, you will be disappointed. The most reliable prayer partner of your life is yourself. If you haven't prayed, no one has. If you can carry your own sorrows in your prayer life, you can carry any cross this life can throw at you. 
even when you are tempted to give up, your own prayer life will kill you. Your own prayer life will kill you. Your own prayer life will kill you. Jesus Christ died in that garden. He overcame sorrow in that garden. That was the real cross for Jesus. After he overcame in the garden, he could overcome even the real beatings of life. Amen. So he came unto them. He found them asleep. He found them not engaging in what he thought they would engage. Mm. Listen to me. Don't you rely on people. Yeah. Most of us like talking too quickly. Pray for me. There's a tender I'm working on. They will talk about that tender and they will even steal your ideas before you know it. The tender is gone. Yeah. Pray with me. My husband is doing one, two, three. Before you know it, they become the solution to the husband. <laughs> and you think they're praying with you, my sister. They are playing with you. Hey. <laughs> Stop relying on people. Hey. Rely on yourself. Mm. Rely on the grace that God has placed on you. Amen. You have a direct channel to heaven. You have a direct line Amen. to heaven. You don't need a pastor to Amen. pray for you. You don't need your friends to pray for you. You can Amen. pray all by yourself. You can come out all by yourself. You don't need no prayer partner. If you do have one, it's a blessing. But the most reliable prayer partner is yourself. Be strong alone. Be prayerful alone. Be full of the word alone. Be courageous alone. The Bible says, and David encouraged himself in the Lord. He's God. When there was nothing encouraging around him, the man that went with him to war had given up and they wanted to stone him. When there was no one to encourage him, he encouraged himself. He encouraged himself. Encourage yourself. Sing songs to yourself. Come on. 
doctor. There is no angel, there is no human, there is no pain, and there is no sorrow that can ever separate you from the love of Christ. Nothing can ever separate you from the love of Christ. Nothing can ever take you out of the hand of Christ. You are stronger than the strongest devil. You are powerful in your weaknesses. His strength is manifested and made manifest in your weakness. And his grace is sufficient for you. His grace is sufficient for you. Be strong on your own. Be strong on your own. Finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. After having done all to stand, I urge you to stand. Stand. When the devil says you are dying, say you are a liar. I am made to be strong. I have power over the power of the enemy. I will trample upon scorpions and lions and coppers. I have power. Be strong. And be not apologetic. For you are a child of a king. Papaya 